Hey everyone, this is your friend Garrett Wall, and I'm excited to be back with you this week as your host for Key Ministry, the podcast. It's January, so I can still say Happy New Year, right? All right, we're going to go with it, not overthink it, so Happy New Year to all of you. If you've been in the world of disability ministry for any period of time, you've almost certainly received questions and encountered some of the confusion from those outside our sphere who don't understand exactly what we do. Perhaps they know about ministry, and they may or may not know a lot about our friends and families in the disability community. But within the context of disability ministry, many people don't have a frame of reference for what that means and what really happens in our ministry world. During today's conversation, we'll talk about how we can be better prepared to share the vision and mission of disability ministry and the tangible ways we can do that in our churches. Disability ministry and the details on how to do it effectively can be a far more elusive subject than any of us would like for it to be. Because so few churches are actively ministering to the disability community, and because disability in the context of scripture and pastoring and shepherding rarely get a lot of a focus or attention in our Bible colleges or seminaries, There are far fewer resources about disability ministry compared to other types of ministry most commonly found in the local church. And that's why key ministry in organizations like it exists. And that's why this podcast exists, so that we can have more conversations on the why and the how we could and should be intentionally ministering to the disability community through our churches. I encounter a lot of pastors, ministry leaders, staff, and volunteers from within our church and from other churches who are very curious to learn more about what we do in our ministry. I meet a lot of people in the disability community with a wide range of church experiences who are also interested to hear more about what happens during worship services in our disability ministry spaces. I've also shared what I do with family and friends and many others. And there's often intrigue and curiosity about disability ministry. And in every instance, whether it's inside the church, inside the disability community, or with friends and family, the interaction that follows reminds me of a scene from a movie. Uh, The specific movie scene that comes to mind is from the late 90s comedy film Office Space, where a character named Tom is meeting with two consultants, both of which are named Bob, to more or less interview for his own job at the IT company where he works. These consultants have been brought in by the company to create more efficiency, and the assumption from everyone in Tom's office is that layoffs are imminent. As the Bobs ask questions about his role in the company, Tom struggles to articulate exactly what his responsibilities and jobs are each day. And as he fumbles his words and as his anxiety grows, Tom is asked a simple question by the Bobs. What would you say you do here? That scene has come to my mind numerous times over the last few years when I've interacted with people outside of our specific ministry world who are trying to understand what it really means to do disability ministry. And I found that it's been pivotal for me to not only know what we do in our ministry and why we do it, but to also be prepared to communicate that to anyone I encounter who is seeking to know more. 
whether it's another pastor, staff member, elder, or deacon at our church or at another church, or prospective volunteers who are trying to follow God as he leads them to take steps of faith towards serving others, or if it's with our friends and families in the disability community who may have had some very bad church experiences in the past or may have zero church experience whatsoever, knowing the why and the how for our ministry is a must. Whatever the circumstances that surround you and your church, whether you've been doing effective and impactful disability ministry for years, or if you've just started to dip your toe into the world of disability ministry and you have no idea how exactly to do any of this, or if you're somewhere in the middle trying to cast vision and advocate for more programming and more pathways into your church for our friends and families impacted by disability, being prepared to talk about the why and the how of disability ministry is imperative. That can sometimes feel daunting and overwhelming because we may get questions we just don't know how to answer. So I have four suggestions that I believe and I hope can be helpful for you to not only be more prepared to cast vision and help others understand the impact of disability ministry, but also to help you have more confidence and conviction as you advocate. So let's jump into these suggestions, all right? First off, how many of you out there have heard of an elevator speech? An elevator speech or elevator pitch is a brief way of introducing yourself, getting across a key point or two, and making a connection with someone. It's called an elevator speech because it takes roughly the amount of time you'd spend riding an elevator with someone. For instance, if you bump into someone you've been wanting to meet in the, in the elevator, how would you introduce yourself? How do you get your point across? And how do you ask to stay connected? All of that before the person gets off the elevator. I would strongly encourage you to have one or two elevator speeches about disability ministry in your church that you're ready to share with pastors, ministry staff, volunteers, families, and anyone else God may bring into your path as you seek to cast vision for whatever and wherever God is leading you in the context of disability ministry in the church. Prepare a message of 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or two minutes to share. This isn't a conversation where you necessarily get into the weeds of logistics and details of disabilities ministry, but instead it's a talk centered on vision and impact for the kingdom. Whether the conversation happens in an elevator, a church lobby, a worship center, a parking lot, or the grocery store, the more prepared we can be to share the vision and the impact of disability ministry for the glory of God in our churches, the more likely we are to see fruit. An elevator speech on the topic of disability ministry is essentially an opportunity for you to plant seeds for future growth. It's a small window of time but in the hands of the Holy Spirit, it can grow into something God will use to impact lives eternally. The second suggestion is to follow the lead of Jesus in his ministry when you talk about how and why your church can do disability ministry. During his earthly ministry, Jesus trained his disciples and equipped them to do ministry in the same ways he did it. And they took that with them as they launched the church. We have the message of Jesus and his ministry as a guide for us today. So as you advocate 
And as you cast vision and get into the weeds of ministry, there is wisdom in mirroring the examples of Jesus and the ways he invited and included people with disabilities into his ministry. Rather than focus significant energy on our opinions and our preferences and even our individual passions for the disability community, we should always begin with Jesus and the ways he ministered to those on the fringes of society including people with disabilities. A practical way of doing this is gathering examples from Scripture where Jesus ministered to the disability community and be prepared to share them. For most of us, John 9 and the ways Jesus saw the blind man and healed him physically and healed him spiritually is an anchor text for disability theology. Another favorite of mine is the story of the paralyzed man. His four friends and the response of Jesus is they came through the roof to him. This story is found in Mark 2, Luke 5, and Matthew 9, and each one includes different details that are so helpful in understanding how Jesus viewed this man and his friends. It's also a powerful example of the impact we can have on our friends in the disability community with the gospel of Jesus. Other examples are Matthew 15, when Jesus heals large groups of people on the mountainside. And another example is Luke 14 and the message from Jesus on who we should be inviting to our banquets. The key to all of this is to gather some of the examples we have in Scripture and to lean on those to help others understand the heart and love Jesus has for all people, including our friends impacted by disability. The third suggestion to help you help your church in this journey of disability ministry is to focus on the things you can do rather than the things you can't do. This is a relatively simple idea on mindset and belief that is beneficial in all walks of life, whether it's business or medicine or sports or ministry. The more we focus on what is in our control and what we can accomplish, rather than highlighting and obsessing over the roadblocks and barriers, the more success we will find. In disability ministry, this can present itself in a lot of ways, especially as you're seeking to find support and buy-in from pastors and leaders in your church. It can be easy to look at other churches where disability ministry may be thriving and see the rooms and the spaces and the resources and the investment and the number of volunteers and staff and immediately see all of the things that would prevent you and your church from doing it that way. And what could be intended to encourage and help others see what is possible turns out to lead you down a path of why it can't be done at your church. The truth about disability ministry is there's no single right way to do this. A mega church that's been doing disability ministry for all ages for many years will look and should look very different than a church of 100 people that's just two weeks into providing one-on-one buddies for a couple of kiddos with special needs. Going back to following the examples of Jesus, we see from his ministry on earth that even he didn't do things the same way with all people in every town and every village. Sometimes he was healing one or many, and sometimes it was preaching and teaching to large crowds, and sometimes it was one-on-one conversations. And sometimes it was using parables in smaller group settings. But in every situation, Jesus adapted to the person or the group or the challenge or the type of suffering 
and he ministered in the ways that were most effective for that moment. That's part of the reality of disability ministry that can create hesitation and even fear for some pastors and church leaders because we don't fit very well in a specific ministry lane or box. We must do ministry in the ways that are more like Jesus. And to do that well, it's most effective for us to see the things we can do as a church rather than focusing on the things we think we can't do. The last suggestion is to consistently remind yourself of the importance of sharing grace and trusting God's timing. No ministry and no church is built overnight, and every successful and impactful ministry and church in this world was built by the power of the Holy Spirit through the hands and feet of imperfect people. We will all get it wrong sometimes, and you will rarely encounter pastors and leaders at the top of the decision-making food chain of your churches with the same passion and hunger and urgency that you bring to the table in that moment. It will be a process, and that is a reality that God wants to use in your own journey with him to grow your faith and your trust and your knowledge of who he is. Stay in God's word and stay connected to the vine so that you can maintain your passion and urgency with plenty of grace and patience. Burnout and discouragement are very real things in all walks of life, but they can be especially powerful and deceitful in the hands of an enemy who wants nothing more than to guide you and your church away from a path that will lead more people to Jesus and bring more glory to God. This is a marathon and not a sprint, so make it a priority in your life to dig into Scripture, to meditate on what the Holy Spirit is teaching you through it, and submit yourself to prayer in the presence of God, because those are the things that will fuel you on this journey to take the hope of Jesus to more of our friends and families in the disability community. Have your elevator speech ready, follow the ministry examples of Jesus, Focus on the things you can do and stay graceful and patient on this journey. I hope each of those can help you and your church as you seek to not only be more effective in the ways you minister to the disability community, but I pray that each of those will help you be better prepared to answer the question, what would you say you do here? Thank you for joining me for today's conversation, and I hope it's one that is encouraging to you and your church. Along with the podcast episodes that I host each month, I also lean into some of these same topics and more through my personal blog called Faith Through the Roof. I'd love for you to check that out, and you can find it online at faiththroughtheroof.substack.com. We should also have a link to that in our show notes at keyministry.org slash podcast. As always, I am thankful for the conversations we have with our listeners each week, and I'm blessed to share another voice and perspective as we journey together on this mission to take the gospel of Jesus to all people. Have a blessed day, and I look forward to talking with you again soon.